It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby, science fiction novelist. And I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fan of pop culture trivia. Okay. We're talking about Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Richard and I love the Twilight Zone. It is a classic, amazing series that will never be taught, as far as I'm concerned, as far as its um, its its depth and its power and its writing. Um and, uh, you know, we're coming up... The original uh, series. Right, the original series. Not we're, the 80s series right. or the 290 <clears throat> We're coming up on, uh, you know, the end of the year, mm-hmm. and Sci-Fi Channel always has its marathon. Mm-hmm. And they show, like, the entire thing. Like, from uh-huh. beginning to end, they show it over the course of a few days. They have nothing but Twilight Zone on, which I love. Um, one of the reasons why I wish I might want to get cable again. <laughs> so I can watch Twilight <laughs> but Zone. But it, it, it's okay. You can watch it on Netflix. Yeah, um, yeah. Netflix has the whole ne- thing. It's on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, not the whole thing. Four Seasons is not on Four Seasons on it. But it is on Hulu. And we're going to talk about the Four Seasons. Yeah, we will. Um, but, you know, what we're going to do today is we're going to just talk about some of our favorite episodes of Twilight Zone and why they're our favorites. Um one thing that Twilight Zone did, which is kind of interesting, is they pulled in some of the greatest science fiction writers of the time, including Ray Bradbury, who wrote um, I Sing the Body Electric, which was a short story that he turned into an episode um, about a robot nanny. And then Richard Matheson wrote several episodes. He wrote uh, Terror from Terror at 20,000 Feet, which was a short story originally. Um, and The Invaders uh, is his, too. Um, but, you know, Twilight Zone, for this writer, is something that really inspires me as a writer. I, I watch a Twilight Zone episode, and I'm just like, man, that just, that whole thing was, I completely didn't see that coming. And, you know, I've watched it a hundred times, and I still just love the turn, you know, uh, at the end. It's like, oh, my goodness. or the What was the one with the kid? Uh, the kid, little kid, was like, uh, had the power of God and he could just do anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's like this little, I don't know, little village, little <laughs> country village, and everybody kind of just had to do whatever he said and yeah. act happy all the time. And if they didn't act happy, <laughs> he would just make them disappear. Yes. Um, but um, I think my favorite ones are uh, ones that are written by people like Richard Matheson. Um Terror at 20,000 Feet, um, I actually, uh, I've read the short story by Richard Matheson, and um, it is not very far from what you see in the episode. Uh, it's about a guy who had a nervous breakdown, and he's on a plane, and he's, he, you know, and he's, he's about to, you know, uh, go somewhere, and he's freaking out because he's in a plane, he's afraid of heights, and then he sees this thing on the wing, and it's tearing, tearing the wing up, and... Um, you know, the remake film that they made that had a John Lithgow as the guy on the plane, um, yeah, it was okay. But it wasn't what, actually, if you want the real translation of that, of that short story into film, it's the original one with William Shatner. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Although, it is a little, you know what, I don't think Twilight Zone is, is, it holds up really well today. It but does. There is, 
but there is one part, and it is in that one that just doesn't hold up, and it is the the costume the gremlin wears. However, however, now listen. If you're going for authenticity for short story, okay, it is exactly what he describes in the short story. Oh, okay. He looks like a gorilla or something. Yeah. But, uh, it's like a big furry thing out there on the wing, and he doesn't have wings. He doesn't have like you know. He just kind of and um. But, but it, it looks like a big shaggy rug, though. He's it just wearing a shaggy used, rug. It could have used um, maybe, I mean, if the time, I, I think, you know, it's it's just time and, and right. budget and stuff. Of course. But, you know, it could have used. Saying, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it, that part doesn't The only thing well. that could have made it better is if it would have had that kind of creepy, skittering, uh, fast motion uh, filmmaking that they use in kind of like the Babadook, you know, where mm-hmm. the thing's like skittering across oh, the yeah. ceiling. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it would have been like that if it would have been, but there's the whole bit where, you know, he, he, he has the, the, the visor shut and then he opens it and it's face is right there. Yeah. That whole thing is in the short story. Okay. I mean, it's, it's taken directly from the short story. It's crazy. You can read the, read the story and you can watch the thing and it's exactly the same. Okay. But, um, you know, there was some crazy stuff happening on the set there with old, old Bill Shatner too, you know. Uh, things to do with the, they wanted to have a fight on the wing, mm-hmm. like with a dummy, mm-hmm. and it didn't. <laughs> they didn't, and they had like a dummy where they throw it off the wing or whatever, and it didn't work out. And um, I don't know. There was some, there was some crossed wires, but it, I think the way it turned out, it turned out okay. Well, what William Shatner? He's never demanding about anything. No, um, <laughs> no, he's not, not at all. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is time enough at last. It's okay. my second favorite. I pick three, okay? Okay. I pick three. So um, my second favorite is Time Enough at Last, and that's the one with uh, Burgess Meredith. He's this bookish guy with these gigantic glasses that look like pop bottles, and he works at a bank. <laughs> he uh, always is trying to read all the time. He his, just wants to read. The he poor just guy. wants to read. Poor guy. And he goes home, and his wife's like, wife nags him, like she you can't treats read. him like garbage. What she does, he takes his poetry book, and like, oh yeah, you can take this poetry book, and he opens it up, and it's like, she's drawn, taking the time yeah. to draw through every stinking yeah, word on the. She like, is so evil. Yeah, I know. It's like no wonder he tries to read <laughs> at work. Guy. His wife can't, won't let him read. So he goes, he goes down, you know, he goes in the down in the in the in the into the vault to read and then a nuclear bomb happens or something. A nuclear war happens and he comes up and he's like the only guy left and he goes to the library. It's like the worst thing. He goes to the library, finds a library, finds all these books. And he's like, Oh, time enough at last. He's like, I got books for January, for February. And then he goes, he drops something. He reaches down to pick it up and he breaks his glasses. Yeah, he's like, it's not yeah, fair. There was time enough at last. I finally had enough time. <laughs> It is the ultimate man in hell episode. Yeah. You know? Um, and there were a lot of those. There, there were a lot yeah, of episodes so of man in hell man kind in hell. of situation, you know, where it's like, oh, he's in his personal hell, you know? Um, but that one's uh, my other one. Um, my third one is another Richard Matheson story, and that is The Invaders. And that's the one where, um, oh, God, she was the woman who, well, she was the mother on uh, Bewitched. What was her name? Uh, Agnes Moorhead. Okay. Agnes Moorhead is this woman living in a uh, like a farmhouse. Right, I remember. And this. she's like this washerwoman, you know, like looks like eighteen hundreds or something. Mm-hmm. And these little tiny, 
Little spacemen show up and this well, spaceship like lands on. <laughs> they were hilarious looking, but you know, even though they're funny looking to us, yeah. You, as a kid, I'm watching that and I, it, they're terrifying. Oh, These yeah. little things are. Te- little guy with a knife poking out of a blanket. <laughs> she puts him in a blanket. It's like banging him, and he's poking a knife out and stabs her hand. And she's like, ah, ah, and she never utters a, a word in the movie, in the episode. And you get to the end, and you find out they're on another planet, and those are humans. Yeah, and she's not a human. And she's a giant alien, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just a wonderful story, and the short story is great, too. You mm-hmm. know, the short story is really good. Um, okay. And all those were based on Richard Matheson. And if you don't know Richard Matheson, Richard Matheson's a guy who wrote, um, <clears throat> who wrote the uh, I Am Legend, um, okay. which is the original... Uh, uh, apocalyptic vampire story that was the first film of that was uh, with uh, Vincent Price Vincent Price uh, and The Last, Man, the last on Man on Earth and then you know eventually they Omega Man Omega Man with uh, Charlton, uh, Heston. Charlton Heston and then finally Will it was Smith. Will Smith which that was yeah that was pretty terrible that was the worst one it was even worse even worse than you know the the, the one the Charlton the the, the Charlton Heston one yeah. was awful. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. So bad, but the, you know the original, the original ending of the the Will Smith one wasn't that bad. I it really, was, I really think okay. that the Vincent Price one was closer to the novel. Okay, um, because they are vampires, you know. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so uh, those are my three. So what do you have? Which okay, ones do you have? Um, let's talk about uh, Howling Man. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I love the Howling Man. You know what? I always love the supernatural stories, you know, uh, uh, dealing with demons and all that. Well, this this has the devil in it. So here's, yeah. here's what happens. He, he, You know, if you haven't seen this, uh, this guy, he's he just he's in a storm, and he's uh-huh. trying to get out of the storm, and he knocks on this place. Creepy old castle. Creepy old castle-looking yeah. place, and this guy answers the door, and he's like, <laughs> we don't have no shelter here. You can't stay here. But he looks like... He looks like a, a shepherd from uh, uh, something you see in like your your church your church pageant play, <laughs> looks, Christmas play. He looks he's like got, Moses from he like, does, like Cecil got, B. DeMille film. Sure, but he's got he's got like the shepherd's staff, <laughs> yeah, and and the cloak mm-hmm. looking thing and mm-hmm. the long beard and. But all there's that. a reason for that. Uh huh. Right, <laughs> and it's and he's like, please, please. It's like, okay, I can't remember what he did to finally convince him to stay there. And they seem they kind of come off as like a cult or something. And yeah, the right. guy's like, yeah. okay, this is this is pretty weird, but at least they're it's like, kinda like a monastery. Kind of like a monastery, yeah. but it's a really weird one. Um, <laughs> and, but there's this guy. He walks by a door, and there's this guy. He's like, hey, you gotta let me out of here. These guys are crazy. They keep they keep uh, they think uh, I can't remember what he, he said. Why they're oh keeping yeah, them they're, there. they're keeping them there because he said that uh, I did some. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do I anything did, wrong. He's, he's like these guys are just they're keeping <clears> me here, <throat> and they finally explain to the guys like, uh, "You got to get me out of here." And he's like, uh, "He's like, sir, you cannot let him out. He's the devil." And <laughs> and he's he's like, "He's the yeah. devil. You cannot <laughs> let him out." I know yeah. how that sounds. Yeah. I found him. <laughs> it. What was it that he found? Him. Oh, oh, oh they, yeah, they, he found him in the middle of a, of a war. Of a war, yeah. yeah. And he picked yeah. him up, and ever since then, uh, that 
he kept him from, uh, from starting a war. From starting wars and stuff. Right. And the guy's like, you see, he says I'm the devil. He's crazy. There's no such thing as the devil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So eventually he lets like him out. Like a story, devil. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because the devil never says there's no such thing as the devil. Right. But uh, He ends up letting him out. Yeah, he lets him out. And then suddenly he changes into the devil. And he's like, <laughs> Right, and so and it ends up starting World War Two. Yeah, yeah, but eventually he locks him up, actually tracks him down, like spends his whole life tracking the guy down. He finally mm-hmm. finds the devil and locks him up in his apartment, <laughs> and the maid finds out, and he's like, "I know how this sounds. That's the devil. You cannot let him out." And of course, the maid lets him out, and then the whole thing is like the devil continues to prowl along the. Uh, among the men of Earth, or something like that. Okay, go so, ahead. So basically, um, what what you get with these episodes is is they are social commentary. Mm-hmm. Every one of these has some kind of social commentary, or they're just trying to scare crap out of you. Yeah, it. you know. Um, but you know, most of the time, it's like somebody makes a decision that changes their life forever, or. Uh, it's some kind of uh, metaphor for for some kind of social issue, you know. So you have one like that. Uh huh. It's called the shelter. Yes. So there's this uh, suburbs, and there's like this doctor, and he's like all these people's doctor, and they get together, and it's just they're having of, dinner together. They're having dinner they're together. Having a great well, time his, at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Well, it's a birthday party they're throwing for him, a surprise right. birthday party for their doctor friend. <laughs> well, they hear over the radio suddenly that that uh, there's going to... Uh, well, this uh, is after it, the party's over. Right, And everybody's right. going home. They hear this over the radio. Uh-huh. But, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a nuclear war. There's going to be a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Well, he... Uh, so he's built a shelter, and mm-hmm. he's like, I told you guys to be preparing for this. I cannot shelter you and my family in this. We don't have mm-hmm. enough food and water for you. I told you not to fool around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Waste your lives. <laughs> uh, you should have built your own yeah, shelter. Waste your it. lives with parties and things <laughs> like that. You should have been preparing for this kind of thing. But anyways, basically he closes them out, and they just turn into animals trying to get in there. <laughs> and one of the guys is – and this is a thing uh, – that Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone touches on a lot in in a lot of episodes is racism. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the few people to do that at that time. He's just really focused on racism. Yeah. uh, Racism in America. Uh, One of the people, one of the families is a Mexican guy and his wife, Mm -hmm. um, a Latino guy. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if he's from Mexico or or somewhere, but he's Latino. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but they start turning on each other, and one of the guys calls him like, "Hey, you uh, wetback or something like that." Yeah, he says and something like, really awful. Yeah, says something really awful to him. And then eventually, it gets called off or something, and he's like, mm-hmm. "They all realize how what they've done, and like to their neighbors." They destroy like, they, his shelter. They sure, destroy it. Sure, but then they, they realize the what they did to. He's like, I can't remember <clears> the. Um, the Latino guy's name, but he's like, I'm sorry, I can't believe I said that. Why would I say that to you? Because they're you're my because when be, and that, that was the whole point of a lot yeah. of these episodes was when you put people in dire positions, oh, they yeah. become animals. They become animals, you know. And, that's, and <clears throat> that happened in a lot of these kind of episodes. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to go to one. 
called Valley of the Shadow. Oh, yeah. And that, this is about what man will do with uh, a certain amount of power. Uh, well, there's this reporter, he kind of gets lost on his way to a job interview. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he's going into the Twilight Zone. Into the Twilight Zone. Yes. <laughs> but he shows up in this little town and his dog gets out. He gets, uh, he's getting gas. He mm-hmm. just gets lost in there. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, and his dog, this little girl comes out and has like this weird little gizmo that has like a little wire on it and everything and makes his dog disappear. <laughs> and, and he's like, what the heck? And... It's like, I just saw my dog disappeared. Anyways, they try to explain it away eventually, but I can't remember what it was that he eventually realized something's up, and they just they find out they're like these technologically advanced people that are living in this secluded town, and they right. decide they cannot let him leave, and they mm-hmm. tell him why. They, apparently, they say they don't know where this person came from in the 1800s or yeah. something. Yeah. Just came out of nowhere. They don't know if he came from space or or from heaven or where is basically what they say. Uh, but he gives them this technology and he tells them, here's the cure for cancer, here's the cure for hunger, everything. It's basically some kind of machine that has like the mone- the the uh, molecular... Uh, it's like a molecular arranger. Arranger, yeah, mm-hmm. that can create anything. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But he's like, you cannot let the outside world have this. And so they do a whole thing. It's like, well, you can assimilate, or you can die, or we can execute you. And so he's <laughs> okay, like, well, then, well. he's like, well, uh, I'll assimilate. <clears throat> but he spends the whole thing trying to get out. And he's like, I got to get this out of here. People can, he, I can cure cancer with this. They'll be in the war and all that stuff. And he, and basically, uh, they're like, but people will also use this to destroy. Uh-huh. And so they kind of give him because humans are dumb. Humans are dumb, <laughs> and so they eventually he eventually does that. He takes that and he shoots some some guys, like shoots them dead. And they need to get out of there. And he's going to get out of here. And eventually, he just like wakes up, and they're like, "Well, that's the end of that experiment." Yeah. He's, this is we. This is we knew this would happen. This is what happens when you're given ultimate power. A human being is given ultimate power. Right. Yeah. And they will always use it. That's for very similar it to is. another one that was like uh, these people were on this block, this little neighborhood or whatever in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and um, it was really a commentary on what happens to people when you put them in in the suburbs. They go nuts if something weird happens. Oh yeah. And it's that's... the one where the 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 they there's some they see something fly over like. Woo! Uh-huh like some weird deal and then all of a sudden the power goes yeah, out yeah all the power starts going but the one guy one guy has power like and then on. they're like why does he have power and they're all freaking out yeah. thinking he's an alien or, an, or some kind of a monster or something and eventually they just they kill each other they go they, yeah. crazy and waste each other and pick up stones or whatever they have mm-hmm. and they just kill each other and it shows the aliens up on top of the hill on their ship and they're like you see we don't have to do anything. All we got to do is turn the right. power off and freak with them a little bit, and they'll kill each other. And you're like, "Oh, this is human nature." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and um, but there was a lot of that, and that was that was what I say. Um, he would comment on, um, you know, how people really are, yeah. or comment on some social issue. But uh, one thing Richard Matheson said about working with Rod Serling was that <laughs> Matheson would use the word God in his in his scripts and stuff, uh, right? Like as a cuss word. Uh, 
and it would get crossed out, but Serling would use it, and they would keep it in. Mm. See, that's, and that really ticked off yeah, Matheson. That's, that's another like, interesting thing is Rod Serling got away with a lot of stuff that, that you couldn't get away with the censors of that time. I mean, it's all pretty tame these basically today, but sure. he could like in one episode he could say one cuss word. He could say, you know, mm-hmm. he could say darn. I'm not saying the word, but darn, heck. Yeah. He could say those one he time, could do it. and he could have, and he could have some blood, and mm-hmm. no other show could get away with that. Yeah, on yeah. those censors. I mean, he, he had his limits. They still had to, uh, husbands and wives still had to sleep in separate beds, right. that kind of thing, yeah. you know, yeah. because they're not allowed to sleep in the yeah. same bed on a TV show because they're yeah. not actually married in real life. Blah blah blah, that kind of weird <laughs> thing that went on back then. Yeah. Um, it's know. a teleplay. Kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, he had all that, he, yeah, he got away with some stuff that nobody else could get away with, so, so that's pretty interesting. So coming up here, uh, into December, be sure and check out, you know, The Twilight Zone, and if, on Sci-Fi Channel, but also, if not, if you just want to watch it right now, man, it's all over the, all over Netflix. Oh yeah, it's on Netflix, uh, yeah. seasons one through three and five is on Netflix and Amazon, or all five seasons are on Hulu. Um... And you know what? I just heard Jordan Peele is developing a reboot for CBS All Access. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that then. Maybe, if I want to pay for it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it either. So, okay. So, our dollar rental of the week this week is One Dark Night. One Dark Night. All right. So Not the Dark Night. No, not the Dark Night. One Dark Night. Although, there is a Dark Night in it. Adam West. <laughs> Adam what a West. coincidence. What a coincidence. Uh, <laughs> well, he was never the dark knight. No. He was the groovy knight. He was groovy. Uh, but uh, he uh, <laughs> he was the groovy knight. Um, okay, so what this is about is like there's this woman and her father was like some weird, he was like a psychic vampire. And he could like, <laughs> and he could, like drain the life from people with telekinesis. Wow, that's and they that's the weird. beginning of it opens up with him. They find him dead in his apartment, like this this stack of dead girls in his closet that he had just drained of life with telekinesis. And he's dead. Yeah, and he's dead. Well, Something. Roll I, credits. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> the whole thing is like some guy shows up at his daughter's uh, house. He's like, man, he's he's like this is like a scientist that like documented his stuff, and he's like. Man, it was really scary, like, what he could do, and I'm afraid what he could do after death. Well, then there's also a plot with, uh, I mean, the main plot really is around a group of uh, mean girls and some high school kids. And uh, Lindsay Lohan in it, doesn't No, no. She wasn't born yet, (laughs) luckily for those people. Um, (laughs) But uh, she, anyways, there's this girl, and as... The leader of this group and her boyfriend, her jock boyfriend, who happens to be named Steve, a jock named Steve, <laughs> a jock named Steve, another jock named Steve, another jock named Steve, who goes, starts going out with this other girlfriend and breaks up with like the mean girl leader, and so she decides we're gonna make her sleep, but she wants to be part of this group. Is like, well, you gotta, you want to be part of this group? Here's the initiation. You gotta sleep all night in this ma- mausoleum. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and basically, it turns out like the dead, the dead body of this 
what's his name? Carl something. I don't know. Carl. Carl, Carl the evil. Carl the evil mind vampire. Mind vampire. <laughs> you know these kind of guys. Their names are always Carl or something like that. Um, Not like Carl from Sling Blade. I want to suck out your brains. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Anyways, so he like basically telekinesis starts coming out of his eyes and all this stuff. He like blows out his mausoleum, and there's like all these bodies that are like coming loose and like piling over people. And so they're just throwing like yeah like like prop dummies on people. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, it's, it's super low budget. It's super low budget. Okay, go grab the mannequins from Sears. Yeah, yeah but it, they're like grotesque, made to look grotesque. I mean, they're not that bad looking actually for, for special effects, but they were on like, they were obviously like on like these little pulley things behind them or something where they were just being pushed forward. <laughs> but... I want that guy's yeah, job. Yeah, and then there's just like this part where all the bodies are just being thrown on top of them, obviously. I mean, they're supposed to be piling on top of them, but they're obviously just being thrown on top of these people. <laughs> and they like apparently just like smother these two girl, two of the mean girls to death. Okay, okay, um, okay. So what percentage of the movie are, are corpses being thrown on top of people? Uh, there's probably at least... Uh, percentage. Ten, ten, huh? Percentage. What? Percentage. Uh, I don't know. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Okay, so all right, if the movie's uh hour and nine hour and a half, which is usually yeah. what these movies. Are, that's like nine minutes of the movie, basically. Yeah, of uh, maybe corpses. a little more than that. Um, I mean, it's more near the <laughs> so end. They minutes. just start busting out of their mausoleums because he's like, but eventually, like the daughter shows up and she's got like some kind of powers herself because she's got the shining she got she's got the shining <laughs> she's got the shining uh <laughs> scatman crothers show up yeah with an axe <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm that, back no 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 i like i, I like the simpsons episode we can't you got say the, it yeah <laughs> no no he's got the shining because <laughs> it's because it's copyrighted yeah um, but anyways, uh, anyways, yeah, it's it's not it's not great, but it but it's it's very it's very eighties, it's very eighties supernatural teen okay. flick, okay, that that kind of category. If you like those kind of movies, which I enjoy those from mm-hmm. time to time, mm-hmm. you'll see that low budget, low really bad special effects. <laughs> um, Basically, Sears mannequins being but people. it has Adam West in one of his most serious roles you're not used to seeing him in a serious role like this i mean it's a dumb movie but he <laughs> plays the character pretty seriously he's the he's the concerned boyfriend of the uh, oh. uh of the daughter of the Poor evil, adam west of the evil psychic <laughs> vampire all right man well if you want a good laugh and uh want to see some sears mannequins thrown on some people then check out one dark night it's on amazon and uh be sure and check out those twilight zone episodes because man you can never go wrong watching twilight zone until next time i'm roger colby i'm richard kids